If you're looking for inspiration and challenge in the world of early years and Key Stage 1 education, then you've just found it. Welcome to the Early Excellence Podcast. Hello everybody, Andy Burt here with another episode of the Early Excellence Podcast. Um, we're up to episode 13. Um, yeah, unlucky for some, but not unlucky for us because we're talking all about exploring tidy up times. And yeah, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, boring, tidy up times. But I do think it's time we had a bit of a rethink. A bit of a rethink in terms of tidy up times because I think we often see them as a bit of a means to an end, which I know is an obvious thing to say. Um, We see them as an opportunity just to get to that point when we've tidied up at the end of the day or at the end of a session. And yeah, absolutely. And I know they can be noisy, challenging, bit chaotic. They're they're never really our favourite bits of the day. But why do I think it's time for a rethink? Well, I was in a school fairly recently where um, when I went into the school, I went into the entrance hall and there, as I was waiting to see the earliest team, I sat in the entrance hall and I noticed there was a sign there that was aimed at parents. So the school had had um, a really big push on attendance uh, and on punctuality. And it had a sign there in the entrance hall and it said, um, did you know, this is a sign for parents, did you know if your child is 15 minutes late every day, then by the end of the school year, they will have missed two weeks of school. Okay, two weeks of school. And it never really struck me before that actually that amount of time adds up to that amount of time at the end of the school year. And it occurred to me that actually something like tidy up time that might take us 15 minutes a day, could be more than that, of course, but say 15 minutes a day, actually by the end of the school year, we've used up two weeks of our school year. Now, when we think about that, I think if we're spending two weeks of our year tidying up, what an awful thought that is. (laughs) If we're spending two weeks of our time of a whole school year tidying up, then I think we have to consider much more than this time being used just as a means to an end to get tidy, but to be thinking about that two weeks of time in in terms of the quality of the learning experience and how we're using that time in terms of embedding learning over time. Okay, so that's what we're going to explore as part of this episode. Um, I've recorded something for you to have a listen to and have a think about. I will be be back with you at the end to ask some key questions for you to consider. Okay, see what you think of this. This week, we're going to have a look at something that happens in every school and every setting up and down the country, and that is tidy up time. So how do we make tidy up times more effective? Well, I think the first thing to consider is how is tidy up time viewed at your school or setting? Um, Is it seen as a race, rushing to finish tidying so that the learning can continue? Or do you have a different approach? Being effective at tidy up time isn't necessarily about speed. Well, not always anyway. Um, We would say that It's more about the value of the learning which takes place as part of the process, which is important. 
Um, with some careful planning and consideration, the daily routine of tidying the classroom can run smoothly and become a meaningful way of teaching, learning and embedding a range of skills and concepts. So we've put together a few uh, suggestions to help you get started as you reflect on tidy up times in your school or in your setting. Okay, so number one, avoid cluttered areas of provision and try to offer fewer resources. Having more resources than is necessary, often too much of the same thing, such as lots of sand moulds, doesn't necessarily lead to more effective learning. An area of early years provision, such as your sand or water area, if it's cluttered with too many resources, can cause resources to be less valued by the children and staff. Fewer resources, those that really matter, stored effectively, make it much easier to tidy away. And this promotes a sense of pride in the environment, pride in that area of provision. Okay, number two, store resources effectively. So this is about get, getting organised, being, uh, being ready with labelled provision, uh, really thinking carefully about how things are organised for children to access. Separating out resources in each area so that it's very clear to see where each resource belongs is vital. In the small construction area, for example, you can avoid children tipping up large quantities of construction materials by making sure that they're stored in a series of smaller containers. Wheels, connecting pieces and different shaped materials are best stored separately in small individual containers so that the children can see into them and choose without tipping them up. This makes it much easier for them to get started on their ideas and also, it helps them to see where everything belongs when it comes to tidy up, to tidying up. Okay, number three, consider how resources can be used for learning through tidy up time. Some early years resources provide simple but valuable learning opportunities at tidy up time. So think about things like a dustpan and brush and a long handled brush. It, those the sorts of materials that could be stored near your sand area will encourage decision making and support the development of physical skills and control. Also materials like tea towels in the home corner or um, large sheets of fabric in small world or block areas, they provide physical and collaborative challenges at tidy up time, offering rich collaborative experiences involving shape. So children are needing to fold things up, um, work together to fold sheets to sheets um, corner to corner to tidy them up properly, to fold them up, to put them on the shelf. It means, of course, that at every tidy up time, you've got experiences there, rich experiences involving the exploration of shape. And, of course, we need to think about outdoors. Provided that your outdoor resources and equipment are well organised so that children rather than staff can access them, then there'll be many opportunities for children to tidy up at the end of the session. Storage boxes or shelves that are labelled promote reading skills and support young children's independence. And providing photographs of each collection of the outdoor resources can be really helpful too enabling both staff and children to put outdoor resources away consistently each day, which I think is a really important high expectation to have. Okay, let's move on. Number four, the key role of the adult. If you ensure that adults spend time within areas of provision at tidy up time, then they can model how the resources are handled with care and how an area is tidied. 
Modeling how to tidy up in this way and getting children to join in and help you is much more effective than simply telling your children what to do. If the environment is well organized, this tidying away together provides lots of opportunities for the exploration of shape, number, reading, and using new vocabulary in meaningful ways. Being consistent as a team when naming and describing resources and materials in the classroom is also an important part of this process. This consistency of language means that children hear the correct vocabulary all of the time. In this way, names and properties of shapes and descriptive language linked to small world collections, for example, are embedded meaningfully as part of your daily routine. Okay, number five, developing foundation skills. When resources are stored effectively, it prompts lots of opportunities to sort, classify and discuss as part of tidy up time. How you store your small world resources, for example, provides a good example of this. By agreeing with your team the best way to group the creatures in different ways and sharing this with your children, then at tidy up time it's possible to have lots of discussion about all sorts of things. Habitats, younger and older, and other key features such as um, creatures with creatures and animals with feathers or numbers of legs, etc. If you use individual labels on each storage container to clearly show what it should contain, then at tidy up time your resources are much more likely to go back in the right place. Photographs and simple print make it easier to identify where, where each resource belongs. Print used meaningful in this way is more likely to be used by the children and also provides staff with an opportunity to model early reading strategies on a regular and an informal basis. Number six, embedding key concepts. Within this section, we're talking about templating and the numbering of resources. So resources such as sand tools, buckets, containers, even wooden blocks can be stored directly onto a shelf rather than in a container. Storing materials in this way enables easy access, which is much more practical than rummaging in a box. So don't forget, draw around the bottom of the resources and Fablon as a material works really well for this. Cut out the templates and stick them onto your shelf exactly where you want the resource to go. Also, in your water area, if you've got a set of different size buckets, then by cutting out the circular but sorry, by cutting out circular templates of the bottom of the bucket, you'll mean that on the shelf you've got an exact template that that, uh, that bucket fits onto. In the blocks area, you, you can use similar templating to show where each wooden block belongs. Children can then match the shape and the size of the block to the template. You can even name the template using vocabulary such as short, short cylinder, tall cylinder, cuboid, half, quarter, etc. And this is really useful, especially going into key stage one. Use tidy up time as a brilliant opportunity to embed the concept of number. In the writing area, for example, you can label the number of resources that should be stored in each pot. This means that at tidy up time, the children might need to find 10 pencils, 12 colouring pencils and four pairs of scissors. Concepts such as number recognition, counting objects accurately and exploring one more, one less can all be explored in this way. OK, so there's lots to explore there. Just to draw all of that together, we're talking, of course, about um, nurturing effective learners. You'll see from all of those suggestions that it's about the attention to detail that I think is key. Effective settings consider in detail the rich experiences involved in each part of the day. 
Tidy up time is included in that. It's a time when lots of learning can take place. It's also a vitally important time for nurturing effective learners. The tidying away process helps children to know that everything in your classroom or setting has its place, a place where it belongs, a place where it can be found again tomorrow. This familiarity of surroundings and consistency of resources is key in the early years. If we want children in the EYFS to select materials independently, have their own ideas and a sense of autonomy, which of course is what we all do, then gaining a sense of belonging and community by being completely involved in looking after and tidying away the materials they use is essential. Okay, so I hope you found that useful. I hope it's given you lots to think about. Um, As I said before, what I've done is I've put together some key questions for you to consider, for you to consider by yourself, but also for you and your team to have conversations around. Okay, so what do we need to consider then? Well, what about this? How are tidy up times viewed in your school or in your setting? Okay, that's a good starter, isn't it? How are tidy up times viewed? Do you see tidy up times as opportunities to embed learning? So are we maximising the the possibilities there? What else? Well, how well organised are your provision areas in order to ensure that tidy up time is about learning? So are we maximising that time? Remember, by the end of the school year, you will have spent two weeks tidying up, at least. So is your provision Are your routines in place? Is it all well organised in order that tidy up time is providing opportunities for learning, rich opportunities for learning? So as we talked about just now, shadow backing. Have you got shadow backing in certain areas of provision? How do you use print? Okay, how do do you meaningfully use print as, as part of tidying up? What about photographs? What about use of number? use of measuring, use of matching, all kinds of opportunities to embed learning around shape and the properties of shape too. Just speaking personally, I don't think, I I can't help but be impressed if I go into a school or into a setting and they've really thought carefully about even tidy up times as part of tidying up, uh, as part of the learning that goes on there. I can't help but be impressed that somebody's gone into that level of detail. Okay, so have a chat amongst your team. Have a think about the ways that you could develop those ideas so that you're really embedding learning during tidy up time. Of course, the learning that goes on there, it doesn't replace the direct teaching. Okay, I'm not saying that. You're still, of course, going to need to use your carpet times and your group work to introduce and directly teach. But what will happen is if you develop your tidy up time routines and the the real detail that you've got there, as we talked about, you do provide lots of meaningful opportunities to embed the learning and give a meaningful context to that learning. Okay, so as as we've said before do get in touch if you've put any if you put any of these ideas into place um, if you find it useful if you if you've had a go at developing some of these ideas as part of your provision do get in touch so my email address is just andy at earlyexcellence.com um, i'm on twitter as well at andy burt eex or you can get in touch with early excellence on 
Twitter or on all of the different kind of social media platforms, you will find us on there and it would be good to hear from you. All right, see you next time. If this podcast has really got you thinking, then you might well want to watch our Planning Your Environment free webinar. It's a 45-minute interactive webinar that will enable you to develop your vision for a vibrant learning environment. It'll help you to review and evaluate your current classroom layout. It'll support you with planning changes to the design of your space and it will help you consider progression in your provision through the early years and into key stage one. You can find it on our Early Excellence website at www.earlyexcellence.com. If you go to the ideas and inspiration section, there's a training video section in there with all sorts of things for you to get your teeth into. Or you can follow the link in our podcast description that will take you straight there. Mm-hmm.